1: is afternoon pancakes season two episode 22 i'm here with my good friend steven how are you doing today sir
0: i'm doing fantastic today my good friend jared how are you doing
1: hey it's friday baby i'm just lucky to be here so hey uh Getting this recorded a little later in the day than we normally meet up, but as as become tradition, we're sort of uh, helter-skelter when it comes to the off-season. A little more rigid on our timelines during the season, because it makes a little more sense. Uh, so we kind of want to wait until something happened <laughs> uh, with the Colts to give us something uh, fantastic to bring you. Oh,
0: did, did something happen?
1: I was Googling it right now, Colts News, to see if anything's... Ha- oh, you know... The Colts uh, appeared to have made a trade with the Philadelphia Eagles. Go figure, Frank Reich comes to the Colts from the Eagles, and then the Colts turn around and do business with the Eagles just a few years later, um, have traded a second and third round, well, a conditional first that is a second, and a third round pick for... Uh, Quarterback Carson Wentz, Uh, is is he in South Dakota
0: State? North Dakota State? Uh, North Dakota
1: Dakota State. Uh, Has been in the uh, the NFL five years.
0: Yeah, he was the Bisons, I think, North Dakota State Bisons, and then the South Dakota State, I believe, are the Jackrabbits.
1: There you go. And I want to start off by saying he's not as athletic as I thought he was, but he'll do.
0: He'll do yeah I mean he's he's like a a slightly less athletic version of Andrew Luck.
1: yeah, by about um, a tenth of a in, second in the way
0: 40. in the way he plays, so yeah, um yeah, you know i i'm I'm excited about it, yeah, uh, just throw this out there real quick before we get too far into it. Everybody remember to give us five stars um yeah, that's rate, really important. rate and review us uh on wherever you listen to your podcasts. It makes it uh, also more visible. Follow us on the Twitter, myself at nice Read Steve, and then Jared at Likely Alien. Follow the the podcast at Pod Pancake. Um just I want to get that out there because I know we, we tend to kind of just wait. jump into everything and get going mm-hmm. and then we get over uh, just get through it and then we're like, oh wait, you guys should uh you guys should follow us and rate and review us. So get that mm-hmm. out of the way early. We'll remind you again later, but just wanted to, for you guys to remember. Follow us on the Twitter and, and rate and review us five stars.
1: Absolutely. And I'm literally looking at to start this conversation. I'm looking at combine results for Andrew Luck uh, and Carson Wentz, and it's just, um, it's actually cl- it's actually closer than I thought it was. Um. And that, that's. It feeds a prior point of of mine specifically, right? I believe I said directly towards the end of this season, I even wrote an article about Frank Reich's offense wants for a more athletic quarterback than they have on the roster. So my first question, Stephen Reed, is the acquisition of Carson Wentz does it run in congruence with what I just said? Because I believe Carson Wentz would be a better athlete than a Jacoby, than a obvious Rivers, obvious Eason, just on numbers
0: alone. Yeah, yeah, I think he, I mean, yeah, Carson Wentz is, is definitely a better overall quarterback than any. Here, here's the thing. So of the Colts available options to them this offseason, Carson Wentz was probably the one that fit the best with their system. Um, you know, I, I've made the argument before for Sam Darnold um, on this podcast and on others um, where I, I feel like Sam Darnold wouldn't make a lot of sense uh, for the compensation because my concern with Carson Wentz and really my concern with any trade or potential trade is the compensation. And so, you know, you when you bring a guy in in a trade, you're under the assumption that you're going to get something of value. Um, and that player is going to do well in your system. You don't make a trade for a guy that you think is going to fail. Um, and so when you make a trade for a guy like Carson Wentz, you think he's going to do well, but what are you giving up for that? And for the longest time, the rumors were, you know, it started off with Philly saying that they wanted to first and everybody laughed at that, that, that just flatly was not going to happen. Uh, I, I made the joke. Um, on several different on several different media um saying, you know, the Eagles want want the Matthew Stafford package. They just don't realize they're the ones with Jared Goff. Um <laughs> and it ended up catching on and a couple couple big name people like ES on ESPN took it and, and kinda of ran with it. Um it never gave me credit, but that's okay. Um it'll it, it happen. Happens. It happens. <laughs> Um, but the biggest thing for me was the compensation. And so at the time, you know, we were hearing, you know, two twos from, from Ron Jaworski and a a future third. Yeah. So you were looking at, you know, 54, the 2022, um, second, and then the 2023 third or fourth. And to me, I said, that's ridiculous. That's way too much. Right. Given, the value of Wentz given how terribly the Eagles have played this entire situation where they've got a guy who clearly wants out that they've already said they want to move him. So they've already lost the leverage there by saying, ah, you know, we're good. We'll keep him, Not a big deal. No, we'll work through this as a team, blah, blah, blah. Just the normal, you know, really good GM speak that you would give if you want to, you know, basically like keep your hand, you want to you keep your hand kind of close to the vest and the Eagles didn't do that. They just laid all their callers cards out on the table for everybody to see. And then expected everybody to kind of bend over backwards and give them what they wanted in compensation. When the compensation came out, you know, a, a, as this drew on, my, my guess was, all right, well, I guarantee that it's probably not two twos in a future three because if it's two twos in a future three, then you're looking at, if I'm the Eagles, I, I would take that in a second <laughs> right. At that point like Once I realized right. I wasn't getting a one From anybody not, not getting a one this year from anybody I'm going to take the two twos in a future three without thinking twice So as this kept dragging on I sat there and I said Alright, I think that this is probably Even worse for the Eagles Like I think that this might be A third, I think this might be 84 And then a contingent 2020 pit there on, on day two. Mm-hmm. Um, I initially thought it was a, a contingent round three, um, where it was, or conditional round three, where if they made the playoffs, it jumped to a round two. If they won, went to the AFC championship game or, or won the Super Bowl, it jumped to a round one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of where I placed it. I, I was happy to see the compensation be around three this year mm-hmm. um, and then a conditional second next year. Um, the conditions, I think, are pretty going to be pretty easy to meet unless Wentz gets hurt. Right. Um, and so that that one's a little bit. iffy. and you got to think, the other part about it is the Colts roster as a whole. The Colts roster is going to compete in the in AFC South, no matter what. Right. Like the the roster is so good that Chris Ballard has built that. Remember they were in the hunt to win the AFC South back with Jacoby Brissett as the starting quarterback. Right. Okay. Carson Wentz, even bad Carson Wentz is head and shoulders above Jacoby Brissett. Um, and even if, even if Carson Wentz goes down with an injury and doesn't play, Jacob Beeson is going to come in and he's going to be a better quarterback, I think, than Jacoby
1: Brissett. 100%. And it's very simple why. The difference between Carson Wentz and Jacoby Brissett is this simple. And I'll even go a step further and say the difference between Phillip Rivers, Jacoby Brissett, and Carson Wentz. We'll start with Philip Rivers because it's fresh in every in all of our listeners' minds. When you watch Jacoby Brissett play and the play breaks down and Phillips Rivers has to move, he does this thing where it's almost like a nervous shuffle and then he collapses, right? And he gets hit from behind and he just falls on his face and rolls over and he's like, Why, why, why me? That's called the lack of mobility. And now Jacoby Brissett doesn't necessarily have a great deal of mobility, but he played the year prior, so he's pretty fresh in your mind. So well, Jacoby Brissett had a little more athleticism and he did didn't get happy feet when the play broke down, but the problem was he wasn't a good enough athlete to get outside the pocket, get himself free, and just get out of bounds and get some yards. So what he had to do was he had to turn up field. So he's a little more of what we call a tough runner of the football. The problem, though, is the NFL doesn't afford you that ability to just be pretty aggressive with your body, and how do we know that as Colts fans? Andrew Luck retired at 30, and Why? Well, because he was a bit of a bruiser, guys. He was a guy that would hit you in the mouth or let you hit him, and then he'd stand up and say, hey, man, nice hit. And we loved Andrew Luck for that, but it cut his career short. And there's a lot of people out there that still say Andrew Luck quit on this team, and I tell you, Andrew Luck was basically well after his time, right? He he, he is a, a figurehead of the past, uh, and he's like the last, you know, kind of the last bastion of those, uh, what I would call like a bruiser quarterback, Um, but you got to credit the guy, great brain, right? Uh, Great in-game awareness uh, and a great athlete. And so I've been saying since Andrew Luck left that I I believe that Frank Reich's offense wants for a more athletic quarterback. So here's the difference between Philip Rivers, Jacoby Brissett, and now Carson Wentz. When the play breaks down and Carson Wentz needs to escape and get out of the pocket, he can do that, guys. And not only can he do that, but one thing he has shown the ability to do is called reset his feet and make an accurate throwdown field. Now, the problem I'd argue that literally stifles any of the great things that you could say about Carson Wentz is Doug Peterson is no longer coaching the NFL. I'm going to say it again so people stop pointing fingers at Carson Wentz and saying Carson Wentz is a problem. The problem is that Doug Peterson is not nearly the coach that you think he was as a Super Bowl winning coach. And it took a hell of a roster that has since imploded to win a Super Bowl. And Carson Wentz is a victim of that implosion. And it comes down to skill players and offensive linemen uh, and running backs. That offense was in shambles compared to what it was when it won a Super Bowl. And oh, by the way, This is an NFL MVP in year two of his career, Carson Wentz. So in terms of to speak to your conversation about about compensation, the Colts absolutely paid for uh, what I believe they got the good end of this. And it starts with things like he was in Indianapolis today. He was texting with Colts players today. A guy that doesn't come in with his head up and ready to play isn't texting his teammates, hey, I'm coming to town. Let's make sure we make, you know, let's make, you know, he's being a leader. He's doing the right thing, right? So – for all those people out there, I'm a seller of hope. That's what I do. I'm not a doom and gloom. and you know I have to do that in real life. So when I'm talking about football and I'm really looking at X's and O's, you can go watch some film and you can watch some Brett Coleman. The dude is drinking liquor while he's talking about a guy who's on a bad football team. Do you understand that there's a disconnect between what what a guy sees on tape and tells you while he's boozing up and making a YouTube video and someone who... Really break this down and break that roster down. And then you tell me, just like with Jacoby Brissett, with a bad set of skill players, right, missing your starting running back, missing your number two and three and four wide receivers and literally playing wide receivers off the street, right, has a negative impact on your careers, right? And if you're a fan of this podcast, you also know that a couple years ago I interviewed Eric Ebron, and I posted that interview. I literally recorded it, and I posted it in an article. And what was the big quote that Eric Ebron gave me. The best best ability you can have in the NFL is availability. So just let the gears turn on their own, kids. Your brain works just fine. If your team is decimated by either injury, guys just leaving the team, or your roster just breaks down because it was basically built up to win a single Super Bowl, which is what a lot of franchises do. A lot of franchises say, we're only going to get one shot at this in a decade. And and they just pick a year. They load up. on, they, they Tell me I'm wrong. You can stop me and say that's wrong. They load up on high-priced free agents, right? They try to bring everybody to this squad, the LA Rams, and then they try to go win themselves a super bowl knowing full well that whether they get there or not this team is going to break down afterward and i'm just here to start out by saying the colts aren't even doing this like the compensation they gave up to get wentz is a chess move i believe if you're if you're jacob eason this is the absolute competition of a lifetime they're not that far apart athletically it's a 481 versus a 477. Like these guys are razor thin margins between them. Now, the margins between Carson Wentz and Andrew Luck are a little wider, but still not. We're talking less than a tenth of a second in most categories outside of a 40. Andrew Luck was just a special athlete. Carson Wentz is just a touch less special, and he's a little more like Josh Allen, which if you just watch Josh Allen play, what does he do really well? Play breaks down, gets outside, either gets rid of the ball or he gets upfield and out of bounds and his jersey's clean most of the game. And yes, Josh Allen is a little bit more of a bruiser than you'd want a guy like Carson Wentz to be, especially after a knee injury. Um, So I'm off the chain excited. I cannot wait to see what this offense looks like when the play breaks down one time and the quarterback rolls out of the pocket smoothly, sets his feet and whips that ball downfield and hits a hits a open whoever. And you, everybody goes, man. Remember when Jared said that? Like that hasn't happened in this town <laughs> for this team in a long time. And again, that's not to disparage what Philip Rivers did, because the guy had a hell, of a hell of a season to close out his career. Uh, I'll hand it back to you, but like I said, I'm, baby, I'm geeked up. What an opportunity for Carson Wentz. And like I said, if you're Jacob Eason, man, you, I'm a numbers guy, right? I can imagine if you're a millionaire quarterback in the NFL that got a 30 plus on the Wonderlick, you probably sat down too. If you're Jacob sitting and looked at your draft profiles and said, you know what? We're not that far apart. This is a hundred percent a game he can win. And that's what I'm really excited for is that quarterback competition. I still think, you know, with Jacoby being a free agent, Philip rivers, retiring that the Colts still have to bring in another uh, veteran uh, quarterback. Um, I I have, Obviously, no idea who you bring in to mentor these guys. Uh, I do like Ryan Fitzpatrick just as a football person uh, and would love to see that kind of mentorship because uh, I feel like he's, he's kind of been tossed around the NFL and he's kind of been around and he has a lot of experience against what I would consider like um, competent foes that are like in the NFC uh, and also the AFC uh, East right? Um, All those years. So uh, he's a guy that I could see the Colts bringing in to sort of fill up that quarterback room. I mean, like I said, regardless of who they go with, they're going to have to bring in a veteran because, right, because you have Carson Wentz that you just brought in on trade, and then you have a young Jacob Eason. So you basically have no veteran leadership in your locker room. And and if you think about Carson Wentz has been labeled a little bit of a head case. Um, But again, I'm going to hammer on the points that Doug Peterson is no longer employed in the NFL by any team. That's point one, right? That that means to me nobody's calling him and begging him to come coach for them. Think about that. And then talk to me about Carson Wentz and his mental problems. And then find out today that he didn't speak to Doug Peterson for eight to ten weeks. That's dysfunctional. I'm guessing people are willing to throw Carson Wentz under the bus, but there's two sides to everything. I'm willing to bet there is some failure of leadership Doug Peterson's part and that's why he is no longer employed in the NFL and Carson Wentz just got a job I'm just saying what do you think
0: yeah I think that one of the things that I I think is most telling about Carson Wentz and how the locker room viewed him in Philadelphia was the number of ex-players that were excited for him to get out of Philadelphia and not like excited that he was gone But like, (laughs) right, you know, because there's a difference between being excited for a guy to get a fresh start and saying good riddance. Um, And it was definitely the former than the latter. Um, Those guys were excited for him to get a fresh start in Indianapolis. Um, So that's kind of when, when I break it down in terms of him and his leadership abilities and his capabilities. That's really something that stands out to me, because, like, even if the guys had stayed silent. You're like, oh, okay, you know, let's see. I mean we'll see. We'll see how it works out. Everything like that. Um, but if they had just stayed silent, you you kind of are like, okay, well, you know, they're just keeping the keeping company in line, don't want to piss anybody off in the Eagles. You know, I, I get it. But the fact is you've had a number of guys come out and, and say how excited they were for Wentz, and now that he's out of Philly. Um and so that to me says that this was more of an organizational thing in oh, Philadelphia sure. than necessarily a Wentz thing. And don't get me wrong. You know, there, there is some issues there with Wentz. Uh, they, the, um, you know, I, I think one of the first things they should do uh, with Carson Wentz is get him to Tom house Absolutely. to get him. So at Tom house, for those that don't know is the quarterback guru who trains Tom Brady, Drew Brees, trained Andrew Luck, got him back into shape. Um, mm-hmm. Trains based, I think, Justin Herbert. Um, basically, all uh, of the top. Oh, that's
1: the rookie of the year, guys.
0: Often, yep, offensive rookie of the year, Justin Herbert. Um, and so that's the guy that if you want to fix mechanics on a quarterback, yeah. that's who you go to. Yeah. And the, I think what Chris Blystone at, at Stampede Blue had had sent out a tweet talking about getting him, getting Carson Wentz over to Tom House, Uh, to, to get his mechanics fixed so he can take care of the ball, better everything like that. Um, And Tom house liked the tweet. Right. So you're like, Oh, you already know. (laughs) Like, that's (laughs) pretty cool. Like you you don't see this. Yeah. You don't, and it's verified. It's, that's the Tom house. And so it was really cool. But one of the things, one of the big concerns with Carson Wentz, and it's something that we've brought up in the past is his turnovers and not necessarily interceptions. Yeah, he had 15 interceptions last year. Some of them were drop balls. Some of them were he just trying to force things. Remember, he was pay- basically playing with a practice squad of wide receivers, mm-hmm. um, and and tight end like the the guys he had last year weren't great. So he was forcing it, trying to get guys. I can't tell you how many guys how many uh, balls were batted um, or or tip balls from the wide receiver. They just dropped him Mm -hmm. Um, or the wide receiver made the wrong, wrong read. Cause cause a lot of what you'll get a lot of bad interceptions where you're like, what was the quarterback thinking? Well, what you have a lot of times is what's called an option route. And so the wide receiver will run and depending on which, where the defender is playing, the wide receiver reads the defender and splits his route either left or right based on that. And the quarterback is looking at that as well. And so the quarterback is going to throw to where that wide receiver should be running. And so if the corner is playing outside and forcing the wide receiver inside, then the quarterback's throwing inside. And if the, the vice versa is true, if, if say, the, the corner is playing open and it's giving you the boundary, the quarterback's throwing to the boundary. And if all of a sudden the wide receiver cuts the wrong way on that, and he throws to the zone, it's an easy pick. Yep. And so there's going to be a lot of those situations when you're playing with guys that aren't up to, like they're obviously NFL, NFL players. Spin. They're obviously they, they they obviously are NFL players. They're they're in the NFL. They're playing in a game. Right. Um, you know all that, but the the issue is they're not very talented. Right. And so Carson Wentz was struggling with that. And like, like he said, giving up a third round pick this year, pick, giving up pick 84 and then getting, and then what's likely to, to happen is, like, I don't know if we went over the compensation for the conditional second round pick earlier, but it it happens to be Carson Wentz has to play either 75% of the offensive snaps mm-hmm. over, over the course of next season or he has to play 70% of the offensive snaps and the Colts make the playoffs. And so what, what's likely to happen is that's going to turn into a first round pick based yeah. on those conditions. Now, if the Colts really wanted to be super sketchy, what they could do is just sit Carson Wentz for the first games, six games of the season, make sure he never gets close to 70%, play him for the final 10, make the playoffs, and then and they go on a run and win the Super Bowl and still only have to give up a second round pick. Um, super shady um but nah, that seems y- y-
1: smart right like, like that people makes do sense. that
0: like you maybe he has a tweaked ankle put him on ir to start the season mm. you know you sign a backup quarterback there I, I i will say this when it comes to the you mentioned the quarterback situation and signing a backup quarterback a, a veteran i'm not sure they necessarily need it because remember carson Wentz is 28 mm. so he's not he's not young yeah. um and he's only got five driven, years in
1: though. That's what I'm saying. Like, I understand that, but
0: yeah, Rocky like, time,
1: Rocky time with the Eagles was certainly not being lauded for his leadership
0: in that locker room. And
1: obviously fresh but start.
0: He? Like, because like you, all you heard from, from Philadelphia was a bunch of this negative stuff, but the players seem to like him.
1: Well, if mean, you need to think about it, like, why, so, let's like, just look at what actually happened. they, Put Jalen Hurts in and took him out, right? Like, yeah. Think about what was going on there, and you're just like, but I'm not saying they that's... weren't screaming that he was a great leader. I'm not saying he was a bad leader. I'm just saying like this is a fresh start for him. He gets to yeah come to India's head's on straight. He, he's doing the right things. Well, and like he I said, seems
0: really excited about it too. Hell and so yeah. when it comes to when it comes to playing well, especially at the quarter position, quarterback position, thing. which is very cerebral. Mm-hmm. If your head's in the right place and you want to be there and you feel like you are trusted, that you are respected, then you're going to play better. It's like with, with your job, with your everyday job, if you go into work and you are demeaned, if you are belittled constantly, then you're not going to be excited to go in and you're going to make some mistakes here and there. If you are lauded for your your work product, if you have the faith of your manager everything like that then you're going to do better like it's right. just psychology it's it's working with people and making sure that they feel appreciated and it's not wishy-washy it's not some like oh come you know rub his tummy make sure he's feeling okay kind of mumbo jumbo like it's just psychology it's just being a good person and recognizing right. that if you want to work if you want to be productive in a work environment then you need to be positive positive. And so, yeah, and I think what the interesting thing is with Carson Wentz uh, or another interesting thing is if he gets with Tom House and I apologize, I'm bouncing all over it because, it, yeah. you know, it's a big thing. And I know we we don't want to go too far into this um, because we've got a whole offseason to talk about all these different things. Oh, yeah. Um, but if Carson Wentz, it, Chris Shepard did a breakdown of of Carson Wentz on the Twitter machine. Uh, where he would compare uh, his 2017 season to this past season, where his MVP season to this season, or his MVP caliber season, I should say that because he did not win the MVP. Um, But when you look at that, you can tell there are some pretty dramatic things. And one of the most dramatic things for Carson Wentz between last year and 2017 was the location of the ball when he was in his pass set. And he would hold the ball up tight, up high Mm -hmm. in 2017. And in 2020, he had dropped that ball about six inches down into his chest. Mm -hmm. What people don't understand is when you do that, it delays your throwing motion because you're having to get it around a little bit longer and it throws off your accuracy, it throws off your timing. Not only that, but it puts that ball in a lower position so defensive ends, when they're coming around, they have a better opportunity to knock that ball because if it's high and tight, they've got to, they've got to swing that arm up high. Mm-hmm. If they swing that arm up high, there's a couple different things they could possibly hit you in the helmet. That's a penalty in the NFL now. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have it up high as a quarterback, you've got a little bit more security with the ball um, because you've got it closer to your chest. Well, if you're if holding you it higher
1: a... and they bat it, you have a chance to catch it.
0: You right. have a chance to get it too. If you're if holding, you're holding it, down it down and they
1: lower, bat it down, oh you're dropping
0: they bat it down. It's down on the ground. Yeah. Period. Yep. And so those are the two biggest issues with Carson Wentz and his mechanics from last year. And I have no idea why Doug Peterson didn't see that.
1: He's not a quarterback and, coach.
0: And work with him on it. Like I, they, but they've got somebody on their on their staff that should be a quarterback coach.
1: Doug Peterson like, is not employed in the NFL. Think.
0: No, no, but Obviously I'm saying like wasn't doing right things, even if right? he wasn't even if he wasn't you should have had a guy in there and, and people like what gets me out of Philly is that they were sat there and they talked about this and they said oh well, carson Wentz wasn't coachable <gasps> I'm, I'm like he didn't what what do you mean there. like i mean he might not want to be there but and and for you know i understand like you know for some people like you're supposed to be this You're you're the top guy, and you just get a contract extension of four years, 128 million dollars. Carson Wentz isn't going to play a single snap of that four-year extension for the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, he's he's not. He just got traded for the Colts. He's got four years, and like the Eagles just wasted 30 million dollars. There you go. On that, they he didn't play a single snap of that extension because Howie Roseman went. And instead of getting him talent around him over there, he went and and drafted a quarterback in the second round. Which was a terrible decision. Howie Roseman, Jeff Lurie, and and Doug Peterson had to all be on the same page because you don't take a quarterback in the second round when you've got so many other holes in the roster without having much information. Right. And so much investment. And you in just Wentz. invested a hundred and thirty something million dollars in this quarterback that a couple years ago helped almost had an MVP season and helped you win a Super Bowl. Not only that, in two thousand in two thousand twenty, Carson Wentz was crap. Two thousand nineteen he took that team to the playoffs with right. nobody.
1: With nobody. Like
0: he, he was he was basically like a lesser version of Andrew Luck during the Ryan Grigson years. Yep. Like yep. He, and here here's he the thing about him. it.
1: A lot of people are gonna talk about his bad mechanics, his bad film, his la- the last year, uh a lot of things are, as they come to light, are, in my mind, exonerating him and kind of making it be like, well, you know, he kind of needed a new start. Like, obviously, the ship was sinking. You know, I've been hitting on Doug Peterson doesn't have a job. Um, but here's some things that are like, again, I'm a seller of hopes. I'm trying to find ways to be like, hey, this is something to be hopeful about. There are some things that I think about and I get to say it now and sit up on my pedestal as a quarterback coach for a semi pro football team called the Indiana Cutters that are have been based out of Bloomington FYI won't be will be based out of Indianapolis Uh, This upcoming uh, season as part of the Battleground Football League, Uh, we've got a former uh, University of Illinois quarterback prospect that the only reason he isn't playing at the University of Illinois is because both of his parents are dead and nobody could verify his financial situation. So he couldn't get the other half of the money that he needed to go to the University of Illinois. And he played wide receiver for us last year and was a hell of a player. Now, add to that that we have a slew of former Division I athletes uh, that are playing the skill positions for this team. The defense is going to be lights out. So we're going to be really good. But I'm the quarterback coach, and I've been working specifically with quarterbacks. And here are some things that I've already learned. I've gone out and, you know, gotten some training. I've watched a lot of material coming from great quarterbacks, right? Your your Watsons, your Wilsons, your Rodgers, your Mahomes, your Bradys. Like, I've watched a lot of these guys' material that they put out. There are some things outside of that. So before I get into that real quick, I want to hit on three things about Carson Wentz that are important when you're looking for a starting caliber quarterback. The first one is they must run faster than a 4.80 40-yard dash check bark check mark. Now, he has had a knee injury, so he's probably a touch slower. But I'm willing to bet you the kid's an athlete. He's a little lesser of an athlete than an Andrew Luck, which puts him more in the ballpark of a Josh Allen. And again, I don't know about y'all, I'm just fine with that comp. Now, the next thing about Carson Wentz that's really important when you're looking for a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL is hand size. And Carson Wentz, just like Andrew Luck, just like Josh Allen has 10 inch hands. So this means he is capable of holding on to the football better than he has. He physically has the measurements to do that. And then the third part, uh, so again, runs faster than a 480. I think the actual stipulation is he runs faster than like a 7.2 and, and some shuttle. But I'm I'm making it, I'm dumbing it down and saying like, eh, run faster than a 480. Have 10 or inch bigger hands. And then ball speed. Um, and I, haven't, I know I didn't know this I learned about it. Um, I always thought, location, 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 throw guys open, right? We've talked about this uh throw, throw a guy open. Don't throw it on a, on a man because that's th- those balls get played. You're, you're getting your guy hurt, uh, getting the ball batted out of his hands. If you lead him just a little bit, right, put a little touch on that ball. Um, but that's not actually what scouts think. And, and this is a problem that I hope to fix. Um, but the rule of thumb is generally you want faster than a 50-mile-an-hour ball. Um, and I'm being pretty broad because I've seen it from 45 to 52 uh, and up. Uh, but you want a guy that throws a pretty good, like what I would call a rocket. Um, a guy that can hit the drag, uh, that can hit the deep in and the deep out and can throw to the opposite hash that can make all your comeback throws and your unique throws. Those, those beautiful balls that you see that go to T Y that takes a special arm talent. It's not all, uh, you know, put a bunch of loft on a ball. So Carson Wentz has the physical makeup of what you would call like a dominant NFL, uh, starting quarterback. So that's my hope sale. Um, and then, Outside of that, what he's coming to is an offense where he doesn't have to do it all. Um, we have a great stable of running backs, an outstanding offensive line. Um, he should be able to game manage, and then he only needs to make a few plays a game that I would call nondescript. And again, you're looking at double-digit wins and a playoff berth. Now, the the... The tippy-tip-top of what he's capable of, again, his almost direct player comp is like a Josh Allen. And, and they did really well. Uh, what it's really going to come down to uh, is the same thing I say every year, the the talent around the guy. Um, you could have all the traits and the athleticism and, and the willpower and the willingness and the being coachable and all that. Hoo-ha. But the reality is uh, you got to have a healthy offensive line that plays all 16 games plus together hopefully you got to have skill position players to stay healthy all 16 games plus the playoffs hopefully and the Colts haven't flat out have not had that um so as important as it was to get a guy like Carson Wentz it's going to be equally important this draft is important um i'm hearing Colts going left tackle uh, at Early, and early in this draft, uh, I believe you're uh, championing Eichenberg. Is that the guy's name? Yes, I'm yeah.
0: championing Liam Eichenberg from Notre Dame. There you go, as baby. left tackle. There you Not go. At 21, I want. I, I, I'm predicting that the Colts trade back into either the late first, early second round, and pick up either another second round pick or a future second round pick to drop back. Uh, that far so i haven't
1: that, i haven't gotten into draft stuff compared. yet but yeah i'm i'm, I'm, draft, I'm draft
0: season all year round
1: yeah baby uh yeah. i'm i haven't quite gotten into watching film i've I've been wrapped up uh with the cutters um but i wanted to share something um that relates and we can obviously close it up after this but it relates closely to what the colts are dealing with okay so uh i'm a quarterback coach i'm not the head coach i'm not an assistant head coach i'm not an offensive coordinator right so there's like levels to this right even even in a in a rec league um and i have a lot of respect for the guys a head coach i worked with him at the defenders for five years he coached at bishop chatard when they won, which is a, a prominent catholic parochial school here in indianapolis when they won back-to-back state titles he was a linebackers coach and then an assistant defensive coordinator so the guy's been around winning ways um and went to this last practice had a couple weeks ago inclement weather uh got 40 guys to show up offense defense they go through some drills and some warm-ups and they decided to scrimmage uh no no pads no helmets uh didn't even have full offensive line and i i I bit my tongue because i didn't want to overstep my bounds and i would have been screaming otherwise like, hey, 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 shut this shit down now. Didn't have full offensive line. Had co- two of the coaches playing offensive line. Didn't have quarterbacks in untouchable jerseys, right? And two of the quarterbacks got hit. One of them got hit on a playing wide receiver, running a post. Even caught the ball and came down and got tackled. And then our quarterback got hit. Another one of our, well, <laughs> potential quarterbacks. He probably will not play quarterback. Um, sorry, buddy. Um, but he got hit in the back. Um, and it kind of came up limping right and then after the practice was over of course this young guys you know he's under 30s he's, he's a new parent and he, he, he said you know any feedback you've got uh give it to me and 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 i thought well here's where i put my foot in my mouth I'll probably get fired um so i wrote him a word document and i said first of all i will step down right now if you ever put my offense unpadded against your defense unpadded and let them go full go at each other. That should never happen in a million years. Two, your quarterbacks should never get hit. Every level of football I played from third grade, even when I was in the Marine Corps infantry, I wore a red jersey and was a non-contact player. And even the defensive ends had to pull up in practice, and I got to put my hands up and say, sorry, baby, don't hit the quarterback. So the problem I have when you look at a guy like Carson Wentz, is he's coming from that practice. For the last few years, as the roster's broken down, right, and he's had guys off the street playing skill positions, guys off the street playing offensive line, and I'm being disrespectful to some guys that got deserved and got an opportunity, okay? Supposedly. But as that roster broke down and and some of their players, you know, either their careers were on the decline or they just left the – team all together you're seeing skill players get released Deshaun sean jackson got released today there's no trade market for a zacker it's i'm just gonna come out and say it and again doug peterson don't have a job so if you think about that what happened was they had that bad practice that i talked about and then what happened is a guy like me real heady comes in and says hey you can't do that you got to do seven on seven you got to do individual one-on-one drills you got to encourage these guys to get their pa- shoulder pads and helmets and put them shits on right especially if you're going to make contact and don't hit your quarterbacks but more importantly We didn't get any time with our offense to work on timing between the the center, the quarterback, the running back. That exchange is is imperative. And then throwing the ball and specifically working on those short routes, those short crossers. Your your what we what we call first down. Got to have a first down. Going to have to throw for routes. Uh, Your short slants, your quick slants, your quick outs. Right. I got to design my first play. Okay. But what I'm iterating here to you through a personal experience is that there is a f- big, big old difference between what a lot of football programs are run like, which is what I just described to you in that practice I attended, and what they should be run like. And fortunately for Carson Wentz, for us as Colts fans, the Indianapolis Colts are run like the latter, right? They're run well. There, there's more organization here. There's more potential here coming from the org. Um, so of course, I, I don't want to put all my eggs in the Carson Wentz basket. I'm really trying to avoid that because I didn't want to get caught up in that stuff with Jacoby, right? Uh, I was a little tepid about Philip Rivers, but you know, trusted a gunslinger and he got us to Promised Land, right? So he just couldn't get, we couldn't get all the way there, right? Um, but yeah, I, I think that Carson Wentz is in a in a in a gift position. Um this is this is a wonderful opportunity for him. Um he represents uh, a a wonderful like possibility for a franchise that has been in search of a guy that could play here logistically for like 10 12 years. He's still young yet. Uh and he's still limber yet. Um, and I think those are, those are big things that this isn't a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. He's going to be here for a year and go. This is a guy that's familiar with Frank Reich, familiar with this system, had success in his system. Uh, and then if you just think about the, what the Colts retained in this trade, like what they got to keep, uh, allows them to continue to bolster what is already an impressive roster, right? With an obvious couple holes, Right, I would argue left tackle and pass rush. Right, so we've we've been told and told and told by Chris Ballard and Frank Reich that it's both this off this team will be built in the trenches. Right, so here's me telling you up front: I don't think this draft's going to be very entertaining, except for I'm absolutely thrilled when we do draft like pass rushers and and left tackles. Right, like I'm I'm ecstatic. You got to have them things to win. I played quarterback, Um but. I think what the Colts need they can get and what they gave up they could afford to give up if especially if Carson Wentz plays more like 2016-2019 Carson Wentz and not 2018-2020 Carson Wentz. So he's had some up and down years. I think a lot of that blame can be placed on his org Uh, and we've had similar conversations about the Colts. It's just Here's the difference. When we talk about the Eagles, we're talking about dysfunction. When we talk about the Colts primarily, outside of Ryan Grigson, right, once you get past Ryan Grigson and enter the Ballard Reich era, it's mostly been about injury, I'd argue, and and, and kind of freak things, a, a roll of the dice, a lottery ticket scratch. You know what I mean? These are the things that have been happening to the Colts, not dysfunction, not breakdown of an organization and its talent. Um, so I'm, I'm excited uh, for the Colts, and, and like I said, I, I think uh, the, world, the really the world of Chris Ballard and Frank Reich, and I, I trust what they've gotten, what they gave up to get, uh, I trust that was the correct thing. A lot of people are still hitting me up saying, I think he could have gotten a better deal for Sam Darnold, and here's what I'll tell you. Sam Darnold is slower. Sam Darnold has smaller hands. Sam Darnold does not have nearly the arm talent. Um, he does have reasonable athleticism and a re- he has like nine and a half inch hands and he throws like a 45 mile an hour ball. Right. Um, so I think Sam Darnold is going to get a new home. Uh, obviously, ain't going to be the Colts, um, but I-, I would have rather had Carson Wentz. Just it's an athleticism thing. It's not personal. It's not it's not looking at the no- straight numbers because they were both do do last year. It's just. To just call it what it was. They were real bad, thirty third, thirty second, and thirty third in the NFL. Uh, Darnold and Wentz. So, so we're you know, you, people are saying we could have got uh Darnold for a second round pick. You're overpaying there. Um, and then obviously with Carson Wentz, the enigma, the, the the question we don't quite know the answer to is is was it worth it? Um, and I say, uh, if you look at this Colts roster and you say if you get to the next game next year right the the AFC championship was it worth uh next year's third or what was they say this year's third next year's first if you get to the AFC championship next year because I think that's the question do you,
0: is no, that- the the it's it's uh this year it's this year's third and then next year's second in- Could be your first it it could be a first if Carson Wentz either plays 75% of offensive snaps Mm -hmm. or 70% of offensive snaps and the Colts make the playoffs.
1: Right. Right. And I I think that's a, that's a reasonable uh, price to pay again. I think you could have put any number of guys behind center, for this team and got into the playoffs next year. And I mm-hmm. argue flatly, the difference is athleticism in tight contests in the postseason because these teams, they're, they're predicated on shutting down what you're really good at the, the run game, right? They're going to bottle that up. They're going to try to eliminate your good one-on-one matchups on the outside and try to play good coverage. And what does that leave you with? Can your quarterback make it happen when the play breaks down? And so that's, that's the big question. Um, and I, and I like, I like where the Colts went here. Uh, they went the right direction. Um, yeah,
0: I, yeah, I caught it.
1: <laughs> and then uh, if you don't mind to close this out, uh, my little niece, Syana, uh kids, not even 15 years old, man uh, has been diagnosed with cancer. Um, I'm not going to go into detail about that. I'm just going to let you know. Uh, she's about, 8000 maybe $8,500 into about a $15,000 uh, GoFundMe. I'll post a link to it. I know everybody's got their own problems going on. This is mine. Um... I'm bringing that to, to our podcast listeners and saying, hey, I'm not asking you for money because uh, I know we, the world's crashing down around us. But uh, I'm going to put a link to that GoFundMe. Uh, and I found out today, uh, it's not like her parents have just like access to this money and they're not working, uh, but they are having to take alternate taking parts of their days of work off uh, to get her to chemo. Um, and that has depressed her really badly. She's got a really bad bed sore. She's losing her hair. So um, I'm missing a, a, a practice tomorrow in Blooming. Indiana in an indoor facility which would be really nice especially if everybody's gonna do one-on-one seven-on-sevens and lots of individual work get a lot of evaluation time in front of people would be great to be there but tomorrow I'm gonna go donate platelets and then uh, also post the image that shows you hey there's a restaurant here in Indianapolis uh, I don't know what it is I think it's an Italian restaurant uh, but it's out here this way I live in the far east side of Indy uh, that's doing a, a sort of a, a I don't know what to call that, uh, a fundraiser, uh, for Ziona. uh, and like, you know, 20% of whatever the money they make is going to actually go to that, GoFundMe. Uh, and again, that, that money, her parents do not have free reign to that. Um, that money is being given to, to Zyana's parents to pay for doctor's visits, uh, co-pays to, uh, keep their lights on and make sure their bills are paid and, and obviously make sure ziona's comfortable cause she's going through it. Um, and and if, as far as I'm concerned, hey, we can we can get out of here, my man. We we're on here a little longer than we thought we said we were going to be, but I think we we hit it about what we could hit given what we know, right? Um, I'm really excited for uh, the Colts for for Carson Wentz getting a new opportunity. Who who you know if you've if you've ever had to move on from a job in your life, um, you hope the next opportunity is just better.
0: Um, and this is a better opportunity for a Wentz from every aspect in terms of. The stability of the general manager and the coaching staff to the offensive skill players that he's going to like. He never had a running back. Like his, the, his running back when he won the Super Bowl was Jay Ajayi. Right. And I think LeGarrette Blunt, like those were his two running backs when they won the Super Bowl. Um, so uh, he's going to step in and have a legitimate offensive or well, top five offensive line assuming they address the left tackle position, which let's be real. Chris Ballard's is not going to just let that go. So right. he's going to have a top five offensive line. He's going to have a top five running back. He's going to have some explosive skill players, assuming Paris Campbell can come back healthy. And from all signs, the the Colts are still really high on him. Mm-hmm. And when the Colts go out and sign, you know, a top wide receiver and Hunter Henry uh, tied in from the chargers you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a big year for Carson Wentz. He's going to have a lot of opportunities and he's going to have a defense that can actually stop people. So right. he's not going to have to sit there and play like hero ball. Yeah. Like, he's like, not going to start like,
1: every drive on his own five, right? Like he's going to start, he's going
0: all they're going to need from Carson Wentz is to be able to stay within the confines of the offense. Right. And occasionally if he has to make a play with his feet, he will. Um, I think the big concern with Wentz is, is working on his outs um, and in like his little short drag routes. Uh, yep. that, those are the big, big concerns. Uh, yep. I think Ben Solak of, of the draft network mentioned that with, with me to kind. Um, yep. That that's his big thing that he has to work on. If he gets with Tom house and he can fix those things, it, Carson Wentz in this offense could, could become an MVP candidate again. I'm not going to say that he will, I'm just saying that opportunity is there. And if Chris Ballard somehow only gave up a third and a first round choice for a guy that is a potential MVP candidate, that's an absolute steal. And I'll say this, no matter what happens, the Eagles and Howie Roseman wind up with egg on their face. Right. Like they they blew, they wasted $30 million in a signing bonus that, that he never played a snap of that extension. (laughs) They got a third and a first round pick when they sat there and said they wanted two firsts. And if, for whatever reason, if if Carson Wentz, it does come here to Indianapolis and does Excel, then they're going to look even worse. Right. So no matter what happens, Howie Roseman looks bad and (sighs) It's just, uh, like, it, it's just the truth. Like, he just, he totally screwed this up. Um, <laughs> just be glad you're, 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 you know, we're Colts fans. We don't have to. Yeah, that is, like, honestly, I feel kind of like an Eagles fan with how much I'm ripping the Eagles. Right. And how he wrote yeah, That's me. what I was kind of saying. Like, like, oh, like
1: Philly, that doesn't but, really like,
0: I, that. I really, like, I did, again, I went to a Eagles game with my wife, who is an Eagles fan. Oh, man. And. and i'll tell you they're intense and they Mm -hmm. don't care Mm -hmm. either either way they they literally hate everybody it's it's pretty fantastic yeah um it's terrifying but fantastic
1: city of brotherly love is an
0: oxymoron (laughs) yeah well yeah there's that um but yeah so you know i'm really excited for the opportunity for carson wentz to to have a fresh start he seems excited the coaching staff Here in Indianapolis, Um, you know, they can't say anything publicly yet until March 17th um, based on NFL rules. But, you know, everybody seems really excited about it. I think that Carson is going to get a real great opportunity to excel here in Indianapolis. And I don't I don't think the, the Colts gave up a ton for him because if he he totally flops out, they just bench him halfway through the season. Right. And then they only gave up that second round pick.
1: And, and then still, Jacob Easton will get some run, you know,
0: and exactly. You give Jacob Easton some run and see what you got there. Mm-hmm. If he totally flames out and for whatever reason, the Colts don't make the playoffs or they, they stink. You're in a position to get your quarterback of the future and you can cut Carson Wentz and you're only owed a $15 million dead cap charge in 2022. Cause in, on March 19th, Fifteen million of the twenty-two million of his salary in 2022 becomes guaranteed. So Colts are on the hook right now for $24 million, 26 million something like that, which is the same amount of money they paid Philip Rivers last year. There you go. Um, and they are now without Jacoby Brissett, so they get that fifteen to twenty million of salary cap space back um, from that Jaco- from Jacoby Brissett not being on the roster. So they're able to, to make some moves and feel comfortable with it and use those that extra money to just sign some pass rushers to which I think is where they'll go. Or, you know, sign, you know, some uh, an elite talented wide receiver. So that, yeah, anyway, I'm really excited about, about the yeah. person that's signing. Uh, I'm more excited about the compensation. I, I feel like it could have been a little bit less given how long it dragged out, but yeah. all rumors were, you know, uh Ballard T-4. made the offer. Ballard made his offer and then they they negotiated a little bit and then Ballard made his final offer and then just stayed on it. And that's what Philadelphia ended up agreeing to. And so Yeah. I yeah, think Ballard got what he wanted. The Colts, you know, got what they wanted. The Eagles got egg on their face because they totally misplayed this. <laughs> um and yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens. It's gonna be interesting. The good mm-hmm. part is the Colts aren't going into this draft looking for a quarterback, yeah. um, and given the options that were available to the Colts, this is probably the best one. Um, Agree. They weren't going to be able to. They, when you think about it, they're to get up to the top seven, which is where you need to be to get one of those top four quarterbacks. You're giving up two, at least two first round picks, mm-hmm. maybe three, maybe three, and then and then maybe some more on top yeah. of it to get somebody to drop from, from two two to seven down to to 21, mm-hmm. you're giving up at least two two first-round picks, a couple second-round picks for an unknown.
1: Yeah, and for a very what I would call top-heavy quarterback class. And again, that's without not mm-hmm. watching a ton of film. I've seen a lot of college football, just not a lot of actual game film on these guys. So I'll get on that here shortly, uh, and I'll be able to talk a little more concisely about um, – this upcoming quarterback class, but uh, at outset, again, I look for athletes, guys that push the ball downfield and can make plays with their feet. And in my eyes, it's like Justin Fields and then who, right? So, and and there are p- going to be people like, oh, what about Mac Jones? <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is going number one overall to Jacksonville. If you don't figure that out by now, I don't have anything for you. So we are literally Jacksonville, not are, talking about they- that.
0: <laughs> they aren't moving that pick.
1: Nah, like that's the most done pick in history. Um, but I say that to say I would love to get a love to have gotten a guy like Justin Fields, who probably has a more athletic comp closer to Andrew Luck than even Carson Wentz. Um, and and again, I'm I'm looking for an athlete, big hands. Those are good, fast, nice fastball. Um, and I think Justin Fields would be my pick. And I'd argue he's probably going like top five, top seven anyway. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't uh, think he's getting past 4.
1: There you go. I and don't, then, I
0: don't I think you're I think you're seeing you know Trevor Lawrence at 1, Zach Wilson at 2 to the Jets. A BYU? They, yeah, at a BYU? Yeah, to BYU. I think you're going to see see the Jets move Darnold. You're going to see Miami potentially trade out at 3 with a team like Carolina at 7 and they're going to go up for either Justin Fields or Trey Lance and then Atlanta is taking a quarterback there you go like, And then you literally could have all four quarterbacks gone by the fourth pick there you go which for Cincinnati would be exciting because then you know actually it's probably more exciting for whoever's picking six which is the Eagles um, because then they get their pick of everybody but Sewell
1: now to get us out of here, because we said we we're going to try to keep this one pretty short, so I figured I'd make it happen. Um, I just want to have that little conversation with you. Where do you think Jacoby ends up?
0: Don't care. Um, <laughs> I, I, no, sure, I, man. <laughs> I think I think Jacoby probably Jacoby legitimately could end up in Philly. Philly? Um, yeah, I I think that because they let's be real, they don't have a, a a backup quarterback there in Philadelphia. He's mm-hmm. gonna have experience with Nick Sirianni, who is now the the head coach. Um, Jacoby Brissett can come in and be a, a probably a really good tutor a really good mentor to Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, there, uh, your boy, Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, He's an
1: athlete. I like athletes.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, so I, I honestly think Jacoby might end up in Philly mm-hmm. if Philly can get under the salary cap because they are in. Cap Hades, mm-hmm. um, along with the New Orleans Saints, um, New Orleans Saints have to get like $65 million off their cap. Yeah. They, they've got to find a way to, to knock off $65 million and that's kind of crazy. Right. Um, that,
1: that, it's going to cost them some, they some pretty good players.
0: I, I threw out the idea of, of possibly getting Marshawn Lattimore for like a day three pick, which is they're, they're all pro corner. Right. Um, They've got to move people. Terran Armstead, they're all pro left tackle. Um, could be had in there. there you um because go. they've got to they've got to get rid of they've got to get rid of salary and quite honestly, you know, without Drew Brees, they're not you know, they're not good. Yeah. Like they're... Taysom Hill is in a quarterback. Nice nah, Tays- Taysom Winston... Hill
1: is a tougher Tim Tebow.
0: Yeah, he's a. He's, fast just a 10 he's, just, Tebow.
1: he's just a better athlete and a and tougher runner. Um, yeah, but and when I say tough, I, I'm probably using the wrong word. More hardy, like just he's gonna get you more downfield. No,
0: he he's a better he's a better football player than Tantivo well, yeah. Just like in terms of like it's he's tougher to bring down. Right. You know that that kind of stuff. And then yeah. you've got Jameis Winston there in in New Orleans. He's a free agent as well. Yeah. So they they going to, to sign him, right? Yeah. So, like, the only quarterback kind of... I think on the on roster is Taysom Hill. Yeah. Because um, Truebury's redid his contract and he's going to get that, that money that he was never going to get anyway is going to get knocked off the cap um, 100%. for him. But, I have yeah,
1: three possible destinations for Jacoby. Um,
0: Patriots is one of them.
1: Pats is where he came from, right? Yeah. Philly's where he's got like what I would call, I believe that's reticence, right? Like just got a ton of
0: of relationships. It's late. My vocabulary is shot. Right
1: Same. Now. I'm making words up. Uh, and then <laughs> the third possible destination for me, because he, he's a NC state guy is the Carolina. Oh, Panthers. I like it. Uh, with all the, with all the turmoil, with all the, well, COVID-19, um, a lot of guys are retiring. More importantly, uh, if you pay close enough attention, lots of guys are going home. And what that means is they go back to, like, the franchise that's in their home state. Um, so I'm I'm going to have that on my mind when, when when guys from the Colts like Anthony Costanzo, if he were to stay in the league, my first thought would be, all right, he's a Boston College kid. Oh, he's going to go to the Patriots, right, like, to finish his career, right? That's what that's the way I looked at it, if he just stuck around. Um, so this is something to think about. I like to think about, where is this guy going on his exit, right? Because I don't think he's done. I don't think Jacoby's done in the NFL. No, There's no, still money for him to be made even if it's as a backup, he's still. He's a solid backup quarterback. Mil. Yeah. Um, like he, and he, he'll he still make
0: it. eight. He'll still make eight as a backup. Yeah. Like, cause he's a, he's an upper tier backup quarterback. Like no matter, you know, we, we rib on Jacoby Brissett all the time yeah. because he wasn't good that year that he started. Um, But to put him in, in a pinch, you feel pretty confident that he's not going to lose you with the game. Right. He's just not going like, to go out. and win he, it. For he, he's not going to win it but he's not going to lose it for you either.
1: He's going to get you a field goal when you need a touchdown is what's going to happen. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But yeah. um, So there, so there's our our little uh, episode 22 uh, here in uh, late February. Uh, We'll try to, You know, when there's some good stuff to talk about, we try to put out an episode, um, but life will take its course. It had been a couple weeks since the episode, and then obviously the Carson Wentz trade happened, so hell, why not hop on here and uh, yammer about it? Uh, Remember to follow the podcast at PodPancake on Twitter, uh, just so you can get uh, the podcast link because there's a player that we use in our uh, Stampy Blue articles that you can just click a button on your browser and just listen to it without having to go to a a third-party site. And then also, our podcast, we use Megaphone, which puts our podcast on iTunes, which which puts it on Spotify and Amazon and Stitcher. Um, So basically, you could search wherever you listen to podcasts, Afternoon Pancakes. You may have to search... For Stampede Blue podcasts, because we fly our flag under theirs. Okay. Um, and then you can always follow Steven at Nice Read, Steve, uh, great football mind, great friend of mine. And then I'm likely Alien um, everywhere. And you can follow me. Uh, and mostly to tell you that uh, if you've got questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, guys we should be talking about that we're not, uh, whatever you want, jokes you want us to read, uh, send it our way. Um, yeah, that's all I've got. You got anything for us to close this out?
0: No, no, I don't think so. Just, you know, excited go about Colts. the, the, the Wednesday trade. And, and yeah, go Colts.
1: Have a great week, everybody.